Well, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. I'm Jonathan, your content producer over at Stay Forth Designs, and I want to welcome you, first of all, to December. And I know many of you right then may have just thought to yourself, I can't wait for this month to be over because that means... 2020 is over, but we want to celebrate. Many of you have taken next steps towards getting healthy, and you've experienced wins and victories in the midst of this crazy upside-down year. So many of you have taken next steps, like Renee. She says, I appreciate Stay Forth Designs for their coaching and training. Their recommendations have helped me take necessary steps for our organization to continue moving forward. Our coaching sessions are always refreshing. Thank you, Renee. We're glad you've taken steps towards getting healthy and reaching more impact, even in the midst of this crazy year. Look, do us a favor. If you are interested in what coaching may look like, head over to stayforth.com slash coaching and explore what it may look like to have one of our amazing coaches come alongside you and guide you along your leadership journey. We've got a great episode for you today. I'll stop talking and get you right into today's episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Julie, Alan, so great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for joining me on Perco's podcast. So pumped about this series of conversations we're about to start on. Um, how are you guys doing? What are things like in Colorado these days with all of the craziness in our world today? We are trying to figure it out. How are they this moment? Uh, kids back to school. We're serving a lot of leaders uh, right now at Stay Forth and I think we're just kind of trying to survive and stay healthy in this bit of the fall right now uh, as we get going. But this is one of our favorite topics to talk about together. And we both kind of have a different corner of the kingdom in this space um, that we love. So we're, we're excited to be on here for conversation with you, man. And Julie, you, you are wearing probably more hats than anybody else on the planet right now. I know my wife is wearing a lot of hats right now. How are you doing with all the hats, the juggling, how are yes, things for you? Well, I do wear quite a few hats. Um, not all of them very well, <laughs> some better than others, but yeah, I mean, I'm doing contract work. Um, I'm, I'm working on certifications and I have three of my four kids doing school online from home right now. So um, that has been interesting, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we're just taking it one day at a time and finding fun things like this to do. Yeah, so cool. Well, hey, I want to thank you both for carving out an extended amount of time to give us a series of conversations on the Enneagram and relationships. And and honestly, you know, one of the big things on our podcast is to help people reach their goals. And we say this without losing their souls, because we so badly want a generation of leaders to get to the end of their days and say, yeah, I, I reached my goals, but it's still well with my soul. That's the big dream is that people could say it is well with my soul. And I'm convinced that this tool has some great things to teach us about soul care. And I can't wait to, to dive into that. But as a, as a potential Enneagram 7, maybe, although I'm still navigating that conversation because, <laughs> you know, quite frankly, Alan, you helped me out with looking at the three with a wing two. And we'll get into all the details of this stuff. But I can barely do anything without having some fun attached to it. So including the podcast, we love to kick it off with this little thing we call 60 Seconds with Perco, my top 10 either or questions. So here's what I'd love for you to do. As I say them, 
Julie, if you can blurt out what comes to your mind first, and then Alan, mm-hmm. if you can blurt out what comes to your mind, that would be awesome. So I'll give you either or. Perfect. You just tell whatever comes to your mind. So number one, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Okay. Apple PC? PC. PC any day. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Definitely mountains. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs, only one. Okay, nice. Okay, Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Netflix. Call or text? Text. (laughs) Call if we're going deep, text if it's information. Okay. Podcast or music? Podcast. Podcast. Oh, thank you for helping the cause. I so appreciate (laughs) that. It's so good. Passenger or driver? Mm, depends on who would be driving if I'm not. <laughs> okay. <that's- laughs> These days for me, passenger. Okay. That's fair enough. Saver or spender? Unfortunately, spender. Unfortunately, spender. <laughs> okay. You see why we get along so well. We get all the that's- same answers. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now this one, this is the most important question, I believe, in all of soul care. I And I pray, I spent a lot of time praying over this. coming. To okay. This, I'm, I'm so glad. Know. I'm glad. Yeah. Toilet paper roll, over or under? What are you going to say? I literally do not notice ever. Really? So I have no idea. Okay. So the only correct answer is over. And yes. If, it, if, if anyone ever puts it under, I will take it off and fix it. Yes. I can come to your house and I can use your toilet in total peace. Or Over we say, every time. We say toilet in Australia. That's, you know, we we call the whole thing, the room, everything, the toilet. Like, hey, I'm going to you. Where's your toilet? Um, but bathroom, obviously. I could come to your house, use the bathroom, and I'd be in total peace. That is so good to hear. Thank you, Julie. And Alan, yes. I, I can't believe you've never taken the time to notice. Maybe there's something in the I'm Enneagram. Just being honest here. Hey, maybe there's something about your type that that kind of leans into the fact that you don't notice these things. Who knows? We are known for being scattered. Uh, Details he, are not exactly my forte. You'll find out later, okay? Jokes you can make fun of me later. He likes on. options. So maybe it's over one day and under the yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, Trying to keep my options go. open there. There you go. Well, Julie, I'm so glad that you have set out as a mission in life to correct toilet, po- toilet rolls around the world. That mm-hmm. is so good that you would flip it if it was needed yes. to be flipped. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> hey, Alan and Julie, I got to hang out with you guys in Colorado Springs and got to know you a little bit, Alan, through the work of Stay Forth Designs and your pastoral ministry as well in the Springs, Um, not just at a church, but with a lot of different churches across the city. But I would love it for people that that have not heard about Stay Forth and heard about you guys and your ministry and so on. I would love it if you just give us a little background. So tell us, how'd you guys meet? What's your family life like? ministry background. And then I would love it if you would just say, hey, this is what we are all about. This is our greatest passion in life. Let me just start with our greatest passion in life. Like our family motto is we do stuff. Yeah, cool. That has so many different, it's actually above the mantle downstairs. It's got so many different perspectives on it and reasons for it. But number one, like we commit to stuff. We do what we say we're going to do. And whether that's an early commitment in our marriage to get away every single year for our anniversary. It's not always been pretty. Sometimes we had to drag a kid along, but we have done it every single year. Um, yeah. Also, we're people of our word, and we just want to make sure that in, in a non-committal world, we are saying, yeah, we're there. 
we show up in people's lives. And that's one thing that we have, we have so much in common, but we love people and we want to do well by people. We want to invest our lives in people. And so when we say we do stuff, um, for us, the experiences matter way more than the stuff. So that's really what our family is about at the, co- at the core. That's probably the easiest place to start for us. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically, we met at church in our mid-20s and Alan fell in love with me instantly. So I was trying to, I was trying to worship Jesus. I was like, <laughs> oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. So there were, yeah, I had to, I had to pray a little bit about that. I was a bit distracted during the worship times because Julie was up front, but it all worked out in the end. It all worked yeah, out. Yeah. So good. we, we got married uh, about 13 years ago and two and a half, three years into marriage, we adopted a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Okay. And then we added a couple more kids to the family. And so we went from no kids to four kids in three years. Wow. Um, and it's been kind of a blur ever since, but just uh, kind of following after different pursuits and passions. And part of that is just the everyday, you know, goodness and hardness of raising a family. So our kids yeah. are um, 16, 12, 9, and 6 now. And really, just to brag on Julie, her heart is for, you know, the lost, the lonely, the pushed aside, the, the down and out. And that's one of the things that first attracted me to her. And she continues to live in that space um, and yeah. has kind of even brought her to some of the work that we're going to talk about with the Enneagram, helping people understand who they are. Um, yeah. We have a lot of overlap there. A lot of my heart is similar to yours, Jason, is to help leaders understand how God designed them. Their, what is their unique design? I get to do that all week long. Uh, as yeah. a coach, and when we create content uh, as well, we host experiences. It's how has God uniquely designed you? And unfortunately, when we don't know unique design, we cheat off somebody else's paper, compare our lives, feel like crap, and end up burning out and flaming out in the process. And yeah. so uh, I was confronted with, I was 13 years as a pastor and was confronted with a lot of people coming to me and living out of dysfunction uh, like you, nothing surprises me anymore. Right. It's in sort of, you know, the, the hard parts and depraved broken parts of humanity. Uh, yeah. And yet I started to see people were reaching out as after I would write books and say, Hey, I want to grow in this area. What I found is that it actually wasn't a plea for more competency. It was a plea for more integrity, more character, more prioritization. How do I protect the things that truly matter? What I found myself doing was coaching leaders around health when they said they wanted to grow about competency. The presenting issue was never the real issue. And so I sort of happened my way in. I sort of crawled in uh, a window into the space that is coaching, didn't know it was a thing, didn't know you could get paid for the thing. And now I find myself doing it full time. And um, we are in process of moving from five coaches now to 15 coaches, which is kind of crazy. We're scaling because unfortunately I see a lot of uh, dysfunction and a lot of overwhelm and a lot of frustration and exhaustion coming from COVID. So that's a, a big part of my heart. And I love getting to do this together with my wife. Yeah, so we'll get to do yeah. some of these kind of trainings. Often she'll go and train teams together. So there is a lot of overlap in just who we are and grateful yeah. to share just a ton of passions and things we enjoy doing together as well. Hey, I just want a quick shout out, Alan, the idea, the concept around coaching was introduced to me probably six, seven years ago now. And I actually have three or four different coaches in my world 
in areas that I would say, you know, I, I, I'm weak, you know, I have weaknesses in those areas. And so I've leaned into these three, four coaches now for about six years. And, um, I just, I would love anyone that's listening to this podcast and you're like, Hey, I, I th- that's a brand new concept for me. You know, why would somebody even lean into or look, I would just say, Hey, give yourself permission to explore a coaching option and even just give it a shot for say six weeks or six months, pilot it in an area of your life that you'd like to grow in. And uh, just, a, a, you know, you guys at Stay Forth Design, I think would be a great place to start because I know you guys do such a great job with coaching, but there are some people in this space that are really helping leaders in significant ways. And I am a, I'm a benefactor of those people and I'm so grateful for it in my life. So I would really encourage people listening to check it out. So, hey, the Enneagram, we're going to be talking about this now for the, a series of conversations. The Enneagram is something I was introduced to about six years ago now, five or six years ago now. And um, I would say that prior to uh, taking the Enneagram test, I was a personality and still am a personality and strengths assessment junkie. I love them and I've done them all. The thing that I have found to be unique about the Enneagram is this. I feel like it is more than just a test. I feel like it's more than just a tool to take or a test to take, but it's actually a tool that you journey on. Um, at least that's been my um, both frustration and joy. I say frustration because at first it wasn't like a test that I've taken before that just gave me unbelievable clarity. It was actually a tool that's taken me on a journey of more discovery and more exploration. And so I would love it if you guys would just maybe talk about the difference between Enneagram and some of the other things like Strength Finders and Myers Briggs and you know Right Now Right Path assessments. Oh, there's a bunch of them out there. And then why do you think it's a different tool? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that there can be a lot of there can be some initial frustration with um, the Enneagram and trying to figure out what's my number and all of that because with most other assessments if you just fill out a series of questions, it can give you a pretty accurate reading on, you know, what your Disney princess is, or, you know, if you're a golden retriever or what your Myers-Briggs, you know, letters are, all that kind of stuff. And it's typically pretty accurate. Um, The Enneagram can be taken as a test or an assessment, but um, just because you get an answer does not mean it's actually correct. I've known many people who have mistyped themselves and have um, lived for years thinking that they were a number that fit until they finally have this, you know, aha moment and realize, oh my gosh, like this other number fits so much better. And now there's a deeper level of life change that can happen because I have a different or better understanding of my wiring, of my processes, of what motivates me. Hi, I'm Eric Sanford. I'm one of the coaches with Stay Forth Designs. The smorgasbord of leadership resources is absolutely overwhelming. It's hard to even know where to start. We've solved that problem for you by creating a well-paced journey called Leadership Unboxed. It's the busy pastor's guide to leadership development for you and your staff. It's crafted to take you and your staff to the next level in your leadership. Licenses are available today for $37 per church staff 
at leadershipunbox.com. Take advantage of our special introductory rate of $37 by visiting leadershipunbox.com today. The price is set to increase on December 10th, so don't wait too long. Visit Leadership Unboxed today. Julie, I feel like you just read my mind for like the last four years. (laughs) Because, you know, as I have explored it more and more and talked with more people about it and so on, it's just opened my mind from that original type that I think I was. And um, Mm -hmm. so I, I know we'll get into that a little bit more, but go on. I I interrupted you and I want you to complete your thought there. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I mean, it really is, it really is a long-term tool. It's not, um, it's not a quick tool. It's not a, Oh, I'm a, you know, four, here's what it means. Cool. I can talk about it casually at parties. Um, it really is, you know, it really is something that you can journey with for a long time. I'm, I've studied under teachers who have been doing this in-depth study and teaching and learning and personal use for decades. And it is still transforming and inspiring the way that they live their life and process information and interact with other people. I mean, I think so many other tools help us understand ourselves, but this tool not only helps us understand ourselves, but can has the potential to give us great compassion and grace and understanding for other people, for mm-hmm. other people that we may not have understood mm-hmm. why they are the way they are. Um, and, and now this helps shed a little bit of light on that. And we go, oh, like that makes sense. Because we just yeah. want people to think and act and do like we do, right? Sure. Yeah, uh, and feel and all that kind of stuff. And so finding out that somebody else is hardwired very differently from you um, and that it's not something they can change, but they can grow in, but it will never change, gives you a great amount of, of grace for how you interact in those relationships. Yeah, and it's an unbelievably helpful coaching tool because yeah. of that, because yeah. it, it has texture, it has layers. It's not something to quickly be mastered and then go, ah, oh, what were my top five again? And, and it's not a feel-good tool, Perko. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah, yeah. literally, here's the prickly piece. If somebody's like, well, is the Enneagram good? It's like, well, is your mirror good? Well, if I look like crap in the morning, it, it ain't my mirror's fault. And so the yeah. reality is it's a phenomenal mirror, and it's HD on some of the areas. It's, it's almost like one of those mirrors um, that sits on a stand, and you look in the first one, and, hey, that's what I look like. Then you twist it around and it's got that concave Ooh, you know, magnifying. Oh, <laughs> you, you see the little like pits on your face and just stuff. You're like, oh man. And that's the reality of the Enneagram. I know some people might be plucking chin hairs with that side of the mirror. Possibly. I'm not, I'm not saying anybody <laughs> in particular, I've but heard. Just I saying. know. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. That's such a good analogy of that. So guys, if, if people are a novice, they're listening to this and they've kind of dabbled or they've heard, like you said, Julie, somebody told them at a party they were a four and then they started saying a few things, you know, over drinks and they're like, yeah, that's why I'm this way or that way. And, you know, that kind of thing. For someone like me that's a novice, I've taken a test. I've read a book, you know, one one book on it. How would you summarize the Enneagram to somebody that's like brand new to the concept just as an overview. Yeah, I would say the Enneagram is basically, it's a a way to see there are nine different lenses for looking at the world, for experiencing the world, for acting inside the world. 
um, and for understanding information, all of that. And all of us kind of come into the world with one of those lenses. Um, and so we use this, it, it determines our motivations. Um, we can, so the Enneagram is really used as a tool to help people understand how are you motivated? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you feel the way that you do? Why do you respond to certain situations in anger or in shame or in fear? Like what, what is the draw? What is the pull? Um, Cause really like all of human behavior is just what we do as an attempt to get our needs met. Mm. Right. And we, we develop all these defense mechanisms as we're growing up. And a lot of those come out of our hardwiring. Um, and so what the Enneagram does is it helps us identify what are those things because you cannot change anything that you're not aware of, yeah. right? You can't, you can't move forward from a habit or pull, be pulled into something that you're capable of that you didn't know about until you know about it, right? So a lot of it is just self-awareness and the desire for that is to lead to more self-compassion and others-focused compassion. So yeah. really, I would say... The Enneagram is basically like nine basic personality types. Everybody's got one. We interact with all of them. We have little bits and pieces of all of them. There's going to be several that sound um, true to you. But if you dig down the layers and go deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, only one is going to be a true home base. Okay. Um, and others are just aspects that you go to collect from when you need them. Yeah. Um, but really, it helps us understand what is my motivation for doing what I do and saying yeah. what I say and feeling what I feel like what's underneath all of that. And I don't know like, any other personality assessment that touches motivation. And I don't, yeah. I don't know that we ever talk about that. I mean, yeah. what motivated you today? What motivated you today, yeah. Julie? Yeah. So it's incredibly helpful. It's like a well that people keep giving from versus man, this is a skill I need to get better at or a competency. This is literally what I'm motivated by incredibly powerfully. And honestly, if I didn't have the Enneagram, I would have fallen apart during many parts of COVID because it yeah. told me things that I needed, but I yes. did not want. Yes. And that's the shadow side. Without yeah. that, I mean, I'm grateful. I wish we would have had it our first year of marriage because we had to yeah. bump up against things and discover sure. things sure. Um, and to go, oh my goodness. And now we laugh because of course we hit that but we didn't have any language. We didn't have yeah. any topography for it. And now we have yeah. a map, we have a language and man, it's helpful. I love that. You said something, Julie, that I think is so incredibly powerful. All human behavior is driven by getting our needs met, which really mm -hmm. ties into what you just said, Alan, what's my motive, which I think is a great soul care question to constantly ask ourselves. If we want to tend to the garden of our inner lives, I feel like that question, what's my motive, is almost like the weeding process in a garden to say, hey, this is going to be maybe a little hurtful. We might have to pull some weeds, but it's going to grow some life in the garden eventually. Mm -hmm. But asking that, I think it's a great weeding question. What, not leading, weeding question, what is my motive? Um, so, so powerful. And I'm, I, I agree with you. I feel like as I've journeyed with the Enneagram, it has been something that has been nuanced and layered and I have grown to use it as a tool for a journey, not just an assessment to take and a test, you know, to get a score on. So, so helpful. So we are going to dive in and I'm excited. This first uh, 
conversation, we're going to dive into one of the triads. So there are nine, you mentioned, Julie, nine different numbers or types within the Enneagram. But talk to us really quickly about the three triads, because they kind of break themselves into three groupings. And I think motivation is a lot of how they get grouped together. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at a diagram of the Enneagram, which um, Enneagram just means a nine pointed, you know, diagram. So if you cut that into a pie shape, you can have three different pie shapes. So we have our twos, threes, and fours are in what's called the the heart or the feeling center. Uh And our five, sixes, and sevens are in the head or thinking center. And our eights, nines, and ones are in the the gut or the body intuitive center. So um, now when it comes to thinking, feeling, intuiting, uh, we all do all those things, right? It's not like, you know, head types only think and feeling types only feel. Um, We use, we all use all three of those centers, but according to our number and where we kind of fall in that pie chart, it just dictates where we go first, Okay. Right. So like heart center, people are going to process life first through their heart and their feelings before they then go toward, you know, to their head or to their gut. Um, and same with the other types, thinking center types are going to first, you know, feel most competent processing things in their head, you know, yeah. before they get in touch with their feelings or other things. So, um, So really, it's just a way, honestly, I've found this is a great tool that helps people when they study all the numbers and they're trying to figure out, oh, I might be, you know, I don't know if I'm a six or a two, you know, well, two is in the heart type and a six is the head type. So when you start to process through, when you take an information, when anything big happens in in your life, do you feel and process that first through your heart or through your head? Um, And each type also has a dominant emotion that they go to in times of, of stress or hurt. Um, and so that helps people as well. So, um, again, we, we all use all three centers, but the one that our number is located in is going to be our primary, the one we go to first. So that's the one that we kind of have a tendency to lean into first, although we access the others, our default is going to be kind of going to go drift in that direction and base is essentially what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's tricky because there are certain types that might not look like they belong in their center. Okay. Um, And so, I mean, some people who are threes would be surprised to hear that they're in the heart center because the reality is in order to achieve their goals, they very quickly push their feelings aside, move up to their head and progress forward. But they are heart centered people. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes sevens get typed as as heart people, because they're, they're, you know, fun and big emotion, you know, you know, uh, positivity and all that kind of stuff, but really they live inside their head. So some of them will be surprising to people, but we'll dig into that a little bit more. Well, Hey friends, we hope you found today's episode of the podcast enjoyable and thought provoking. The Enneagram is something that many leaders have been talking through and trying to figure out where they land on the Enneagram. So today was a great intro to the series that we're going to be pressing through. Keep up, keep tracking along. We'll be looking at all three triads and all nine numbers on two upcoming episodes. So as always, leave us a rating and review. We're glad you're tracking along with us. We are for you and we will see you right back here on the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We ain't focused so long.